of that we ought to be singing page 666 my jesus i love thee amen page 666 children 11 and under will be dismissed to the junior church let's sing that last verse in mansions of
Happy New Year. And uh, one of the great things about a new year is a new start. Amen? Uh, it's a chance to do things differently this year than uh, in the past. And uh, what I want us to do is just look at a couple of verses in, in the book of Second Corinthians this morning. And we're going to kind of wander through the Scriptures a little bit today. But uh, the word that I want us to, to just put in our hearts and minds is, is one we have a lot of problems with. And um, it has many negative connotations, but it, in the Bible context we're looking at it this morning, it is a very good word. Second Corinthians chapter 1 and, and verse 12, it says, For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you were. Now, what Paul is simply saying here is he said, my rejoicing, the thing that makes me happy, that gives me joy in my life is this. He said, the testimony of our conscience. Now, you know what conscience is, right? That's that little part of you that just won't shut up when you've done something wrong. Right? Uh, many times it's the Holy Spirit of God telling us what we have done is not what God wants us to do. And here's what Paul said. He said, my rejoicing is this that the testimony of my conscience is in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom. Now, that's a life full of living in just that phrase, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I like simple things. I mean, there's part of me that likes complicated things. You know why we like complicated things? Because it makes us feel smart. We, we like to make things complicated uh, uh, so that somebody else looks at us and says, Wow, you, you figured that out? Well, it, it, uh, you know, I, I mean, it just... Uh, come on, give us a break. Amen? Uh, we are nothing. Amen? I mean, there's nothing that we have done that, that God is pleased with all by ourselves. We have to have God working through us to make it happen. Amen? And, and Paul says, my rejoicing is this. He said that in simplicity and godly sincerity. We have a phrase today. We say, be real. Right? Now, when somebody tells you to be real... They're accusing you of, <clears throat> uh, shall we say, being less than real? Uh, like I told somebody one time, he, he, we were in a heated discussion about something, and, and, uh, and he, said, uh, he said, are you calling me a liar? I said, no, sir, but I sincerely doubt your veracity. Now look that word up. It means honesty, truthfulness. Uh, yeah, actually, I was. Uh, and, and I told him that he was—he was actually trying to remember the conversation. Now he was trying to uh, 
come in and charge us an exorbitant amount to do work on our fire extinguishers that didn't need done. And the problem was he had gotten my wife on the phone and she had heard me talking about it and she thought for sure it was the same company. And uh, I, I uh, told the man, I said, listen, I said, you're not being honest. And I said, we don't deal with dishonest companies. Oh, but that work has to be done. And I, I said, do you show me the, the, the code? I said, I know the code. And we went on here. Paul says, listen. He said, this is the way I've lived. He said, in simplicity and godly sincerity. He said, I'm being honest. I'm real. I'm doing what I uh, do from the effort of serving God. There's no hidden agendas. It says, not with fleshly wisdom. Boy, we, we have got to get past that. The world is not going to help you understand God. Uh, how many of you remember that real famous book just a couple months ago or a year ago, Jabez's Prayer? Oh, it was a number one bestseller. And uh, the guy that wrote, uh, his name was Wilkinson. I just got an email the other day. Uh, he had gone to Africa and he had all of these plans and he said he was going to use Jabez's prayer to set up this huge orphanage and, and this whole society and help people. And I think there was an article in the New York Times how that uh, Mr. Wilkinson's prayer of Jabez did not work. And he had to admit failure and come home. You know why? Because he was taking something out of the Bible and making it a Eastern mantra. Do you know what a mantra is? That's something you say until you speak it into reality. In essence, you are the God. And that is the, the philosophy that's behind that book, Jabez's Prayer. And that's why we don't want those things, because that's fleshly wisdom. Uh, that's no different than what the Buddhists and the Hindus do every day, trying to speak into reality what they want to have happen. That's not prayer, my friend. Prayer does not order God around. Prayer is finding out what God wants and asking Him for it. Amen? Prayer does not change God. He can't be changed. He doesn't need to be changed. By the way, He doesn't need your advice either. Amen? Isn't that wonderful to know? I mean, I every once in a while, I'll call my pastor or email uh, Pastor Folger or talk to Brother Thompson. I mean, it is wonderful to know that there's somebody out there, uh, human being-wise, I can just call on and, and get some godly advice and, and when I'm making decisions or, or have things going on. And I'll tell you the most wonderful thing is knowing that God knows everything. That He doesn't have to think. He doesn't have to go through his files and say, Oh, now which one is that Pete Montoro, Pete Montoro in New York City, not that other guy? Oh, yeah, here, I think I got the right file. I mean, if you went to the doctor's office, they actually did that to my wife one time. They said, Now what are you in here for? And uh, she said, A pregnancy test. And the doctor looked at the file, it was a lady doctor, and she said, no, no, you're in here for gallbladder. We didn't go back, amen? Uh, you know, you got to get 
the idea here. It's simplicity. Godly wisdom. Godly sincerity. I'm sorry. Not with fleshly wisdom. It says, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you, world. word. He says, listen, we've lived in this wicked world simply and with godly sincerity. And he said, the unsaved world has seen it. He said, but you Corinthians, I've been there. I started your church. I've lived with you. I've walked with you. You have seen that that simplicity and that godly sincerity and the lack of fleshly wisdom just living by the grace of God. I'll tell you, if you want to define the coming year the best way possible, that's it, my friend, is to live in simplicity. The world loves complicated things because it gives you an excuse to mess up. Well, it's just so complicated. It's just so difficult. You, you just don't understand how, how complex life can be. Oh, yeah, I do understand how complex life can be. Because when you turn away from the simplicity is in Christ, you have no choice but to th- make things more and more confusing until you have no idea what's going on. That's the only solace this world offers. Let's turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And, and uh, Paul is using this word. It, uh, the word simplicity is not used in our Bible very many times, uh, but it's used more in this book of 2 Corinthians than it is in any other book. Now, we come to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and we look at verse 3. It says, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. That is something we have to work against. Everywhere we go, people want to make things more complicated. I want to preach to you about how simple living for Christ can be. How simple is it to be saved today, my friend? Remember the story of the Philippian jailer? Acts chapter 16. Paul and Barnabas were... I mean, Paul and Silas were thrown into the prison. They were given a command to keep them. They had been beaten mercilessly. Um pronounce that right some other time and I mean there was blood on the floor and I mean they were suffering but what were Paul and Silas doing singing hymns of praise to God and the other prisoners heard them say how in the world could they do that well their focus and their understanding was the Lord Jesus Christ not themselves you know that's how life gets so simple If you have to take care of yourself and all your problems, I pity you. I really do because it is unbelievably complex. How in the world are you going to solve all your problems? But what was Paul's answer to the Philippian jailer? He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe 
on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And by the way, anybody that you want to tell, anybody in your house, they can be saved the same way. You know, he didn't tell them, you have to come to church, you got to do all these things. And man, if you if you don't live this way, God's going to take it away from you. Or if you if you're not uh, uh, really sure about, I mean, it's so simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what has to happen? You have to stop believing on everything else. That's where it gets complicated. You, you mean I? My, my great-great-grandfather was in this church. And his grandfather and, and, and my father. And generations we go back. We've always done it this way in this church. Well, that's not true. You can't always have done something. Amen? You go back far enough and you'll find somebody in your family line that didn't do it that way. But just because ten generations did it that way, does that mean you have to do the same thing? You know, it's simple to let go and just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, what did Jesus tell his disciples? He said, Except ye become converted and become as little except ye be converted and become as little children ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. God cares about the little children. He made it so simple that they can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. It takes an adult with a college degree to really mess things up. Amen? I mean, you got to be trained to make things complicated. you got to work at it. Jesus told his disciples, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. In verse 29, John chapter 14, he said, And now have I told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass, ye might, what? Believe. Believing on the Lord is all you need to do to get saved today. It's that simple. But you've got to turn loose of everything else. You remember the joy that flooded your heart when you finally gave up and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Could you say amen if you've done that? Remember how easy it was? I've given the illustration dealing with people. I said, you know, so often we hold on to what we know. We're like the guy in the old western that fell over the side of the cliff and he grabbed on that little root and it's just, it's starting to let go and... Do you know, in a real-life situation, I mean, in the movies, the guy always holds on with one hand and reaches up and grabs a hold of the rope. In a real-life situation, you will never do that. In a real-life situation, 99.9% .9 of everybody in this room, if we fell over and grabbed a hold of that little root, we would hold on, we would hold on to that little root the whole way to the bottom to our death. Because we could not tell our mind to let go of that little root in order for someone, in order to grab a hold of the rope or whatever that would save us. Our mind would not let us do it. That's human nature. But if you're going to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got to let go. 
That means free fall. But see, he's there to catch us. Amen? That's what salvation is. It's, it's that simple. It's just letting go. You know, it's simple to be baptized. This hasn't happened very often. I, I told you, Felix, you were the only one, but uh, we got two being baptized today. And uh, it's real simple. I mean, Warren just walked in. We've, been, we've known Warren for years. And uh, I said, Warren, we're baptizing. He said, okay. You know how simple that is? It's, it's not a difficult thing. You say, why should you be baptized? Because you want to publicly identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all it is. You say, but pastor, you don't know what's going on in my life. Well, here's what they said in the book of Acts. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people got baptized in one day. How many of you ever heard of St. Patrick of Ireland? How many of you knew he was a Baptist preacher? You know why I say he was a Baptist preacher? Because he baptized only by immersion like we're going to do this morning. He baptized only those who could profess faith in Jesus Christ. And in one day, they gave testimony to thousands. I mean, he was there in Ireland for years with very few converts. And finally, one day, one of those Irish chieftains said, I will be saved and baptized. And they lined up, and he was all day long, from the sun up till late at night, immersing people for a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. You know, there's many things. Most of the things that Jesus did, you and I can't do. We can't open blind eyes. We cannot heal sickness. Uh, we, we cannot... Uh, uh, teach like Jesus did. Those parables are just absolutely so fabulous where he confused the ones that needed to be confused and made, gave understanding to the people who wanted it all at the same time with the same words. Only Jesus could do that. But you know what? You can be baptized like Jesus was. He went to John the Baptist. He found a preacher who preached the word. John the Baptist was sent by God to baptize Jesus. Does that make John more important than Jesus? Absolutely not. It gives us the picture of what we're supposed to do. It's that simple. And if you sit here today and you haven't been baptized and would like to be, uh, see me after the service and we'll work this thing out. Amen? Because we want you to be baptized. Because we want you to identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the first step of obedience to the Lord. It's your public testimony. Your first one, by the way. There ought to be many more. Amen. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, do you know what? It is simple to serve God in the local church. It's not a, it's not a complicated thing. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. 
And we're going to read several verses here. Uh, let's start in, in, in verse 11. We're going to read down through verse 16. It says, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. It says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Those verses are just so wonderful. And they're so simple. Who gave those people to the church? Why, the Holy Spirit did, didn't he? And don't worry about apostles. The apostles given us the Scripture. They're with the Lord in heaven. There's no such thing as an apostle today. I don't care what he says on his little sign outside his office or on his little stationery. Uh, that's not apostle. You've got to be an eyewitness of the resurrected Lord in order to be an apostle. And uh, so we don't have to worry about them today. Prophets... Um, we have all the revelation we need right here. Nobody, if somebody tells you, uh, one of our big jokes around here the last few weeks is the prophet Bud from California. And, uh, uh, I mean, he said, uh, there is no devil, there is no Satan, there is no this, there is no that. Everything is the prophet Bud. Oh, my. And uh, I... I I threw the material away because I just didn't want anybody to, to find it. But uh, I, he actually included a picture of himself, and he looked like he had had one too many buds. Um, I mean, it, it, was, it was sad that someone could be so deceived. Everything's already written down, amen? How many of you want to be perfect today in Jesus Christ? I mean, in a good way. You can raise your hand. It's okay. I do. I, I mean, God's got a lot of work to do right here yet. I'm being honest with you this morning. I mean, we've, we've all got some work to do, but here's where we're going to get perfected. Now, the word perfected means complete. You'll never be sinlessly perfect in that sense of the word, in that sterile sense, but you can be complete in Jesus Christ standing up and, and having strength and being able to go out and help other people find the Savior. That's where we get this. It's for the perfecting of the saints. There's things that need to be done in all of our life for the work of the ministry. How many want to help somebody else? I mean, don't you want to be able to help somebody else? Have you ever gotten help that you didn't need? You ever gotten that kind of help? How many of you have ever given that kind of help? Mm -hmm. 
<coughs> we don't want to admit that, do we? But it says for the work of the ministry, that's service to other people. If you want to really help someone, guess what? You're going to do it God's way through His church. That's the way God designed for you to help other people. Because guess what? The Lord may have other plans for you. He may want you in heaven this afternoon. Those people that you've talked to, if you've just talked to them all on your own, all by yourself, and something happens to you, what happens to them? They have no more contact. They don't know anybody else. Most people will not walk through the doors of a church like this unless there's somebody dragging them in. Just think how you got here. Amen? That's why we have the church. Because if we're going to help people, we want to help people on a continual basis. No one is... Um, I, I'm not saying this wrong. We're all expendable is what I want to say. None of us here are so important that if something happened, the church would stop. That's a wonderful idea because it doesn't all depend on you. Amen? It depends on the Lord Jesus Christ. And somebody said, but pastor, what if something happened to you? You get a new pastor and you keep going. Amen? That's the way God intended it because not a one of us is that important. Jesus is. Oh, isn't that simple? Isn't that simple? I love it. And, you know, one of the things that a baby does, a baby grows, doesn't it? They get big and they eat lots and lots of food. And you know what else? They also become one of the greatest helps that you can ever have. And I know I pick on Peter a lot, but he's a real help to me. He's fun to pick on. And he takes it so well. Because he doesn't have a choice. Amen. No. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's what happens. I mean, I can remember when I used to hold Peter in one little hand and, and sit him up on my hand. And he would really do that. I mean, he was really good. He'd just sit up straight and just look forward. And everybody said, you're going to drop that baby. No, I never have. But uh, uh, he... He did a. He would sit there, and I remember one time we went into a church. We were visiting different churches and telling them about our desire to move to New York City and uh, start a church here. And we were asking churches to help us on a financial basis every month, just like our missionaries do. And we walked into this church in Ripman, Ohio, and the pastor was standing there looking at that little boy. He was in my hands, and I was holding him. And he said, "Will you come to Grandpa?" And Peter just went. We got support, man. I mean, just like that. That pastor said, oh, he's such a wonderful little boy. And, and they, they took us on for support and supported us right up until the end. Uh, you know, the Lord does those things. But I'm not going to hold Peter with one hand today. Number one, I'm not that strong. And I have no desire to go to the weight room and try to be that strong. And it would look very foolish if I tried to do something like that, even if I could. Because it 
five foot nine, 180 pounds, I, I'm not going to hold him up. He's going to hold me up, right? You grow up. Now, we've had to do a little bit of work and we've tried to help Peter and, and mold him and shape him and chisel him and uh, in the right direction. But most of his growing, he did all by himself. Amen? You want to serve God? You just get growing. Amen? It will happen if you just stop trying to make life so complicated. God wants you to grow. He's programmed it into you. And here's the place where you grow. The local church. Amen? And if you can't be right here, you can, you can get into a, a local church where you live and you can grow there. But if you live anywhere near here, I, I kind of recommend this one, all right? We want you to come here and be a part uh, of this church. But it's simple. And, and look what it says here. Till we all come, verse 13, I can spend the whole morning just right here. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. You know, there are some things that, that you might disagree with. There are some things that you might not understand. But that's normal when you're a baby, Amen. As you grow, you'll understand more things. And we have unity here. All these churches, they talk about, oh, we need more unity in the body of Christ. I'll tell you, we have unity in the body of Christ right here. Don't argue about things. And it's not because my mouth's bigger and I'll argue anybody else down. No, that's not the way it works. We've coveted it together to agree and to serve Christ together. It's the Holy Spirit of God that allows us to work together. I, I am still amazed, uh, and, and I hope I never get over this, that people will show up Sunday morning. It, it, it just... Uh, I, I'm so glad that we're here. And I'll tell you, I know it's not because of me. It's because of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason why we're here. We want to worship Him. We want to serve the Lord. It says, Till we come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. When are we going to measure up to Jesus Christ? In heaven. Amen. So we just have till we're all together in heaven to keep serving Him. And it says, verse 14, here's your protection that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Boy, there's a lot of screwballs out there, are there not? I mean, there's a lot of deceivers. And boy, they sound good. Now, how many of you remember you, you that have a little bit of age to you? I guess Jimmy Swaggart's still on television somewhere, isn't he? I mean, you turned on that show and you thought you were in the greatest church that was ever in the world. I mean, he made you feel like you were listening directly to God. But we're not going to give any details, but Jimmy Swagger's a wicked man. He's a great actor, like his cousin Jerry Lee Lewis, and they have a whole lot more in common than they ever wished they did. Both wicked, wicked men. 
One just wore the garb of a preacher and the other, he was proud about all his dirty stuff. Hey, these men lie in wait to deceive. How many people were deceived? In fact, there's still people that send money to that guy every month so he can be on the television and do all of his stuff. By the way, it's not a TV ministry that God wants to use. It's a local church. You can't be connected through the boob tube. I'm sorry. And don't try because there's a thing in the back of that thing. If you've got a, uh, 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 one of those CRT monitors in there, uh, if you touch that, it'll blow you across the room. So don't try to get connected through the television set. You can really get hurt. Uh, and, and I do mean it will pick you up and throw you across the room. There's enough voltage in that thing uh, to do serious, serious damage to the human body. Don't try to get connected through the TV set. Amen? God meant you be connected right here in an assembly together. That we're to grow up. And we, we don't have to be worrying about what the new doctrine is. There's some people out there, they're always looking for the new and hidden thing. Pastor, the Da Vinci Code, is there any reality in it? I mean, do you think that Leonardo Da Vinci actually is trying to hide uh, all of these things? No. <laughs> uh, it goes back to a group of writings that have been classified historically as the pseudepigrapha you like big words. That means false. Pseudo means false. The false writings. Any person with any understanding of anything at all will tell you it's a complete hoax. In fact, if you will read Mr. Brown's book, The Da Vinci Code, which I do not recommend at all, um, it'll say right on the front, a novel. What's a novel, by the way? Something made up. The whole Da Vinci Code is a bunch of garbage. And the reason why people like it is because it cast a front on this book and on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, do you think Mr. Brown would have wrote his book if he hadn't made 15 or $20 million selling it? Not on your life, my friend. In fact, there's people that are writing sequels to Mr. Brown's book hoping to get a little bit of his money. It's ridiculous. Hey, if that's all you want in life, you can have it. Here's what I want. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love. Isn't it nice to be able to be honest? Isn't it nice to be able to forgive one another? To care about other people? To know that other people care about you? To know that other people are willing to put up with you? Isn't that a wonderful thing? I mean, have you ever thought about how difficult you are to get along with? And yet, you can come to church and they let you in. Actually shake your hand. Say, we're glad you're here and, and they're being honest with you. Only God could do that, amen? You say, but pastor, I'm easy to get along with. Um, well, I'm glad you're one of the few. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not that easy to get along with. But God makes us that way. He puts us together. 
and, and we can speak the truth. I, I couldn't tell you how many times over the years somebody said, Pastor, did you really mean to do this? Uh, in fact, uh, some, uh, I found out I walked out on the middle of a conversation and I went up and I said to the person, I said, I'm sorry, I didn't even realize I'd done that. And they forgave me. And, th and they weren't angry at me and not bitter, at least I don't think they are. And, and I'll tell you, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to be yourself and not have everybody trying to figure out what they can get. We just love each other. Speaking the truth in love. Amen. And it says that we're going to grow up into all things. It says from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working. <coughs> Excuse me. In the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Hey, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It doesn't stop with just getting saved. It's a life of living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's see how many more of these we got. Not many. You know what? We've included this, but let's just say this in here so, so we get it. It is simple to love other people. But you know how you love other people? In the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the only way you can love the unlovable. And, and by the way, what is love? God is love. You know, sometimes it is love that stares you in the face and says, you got to pay attention. This cannot go on in your life. Remember how many times your parents did that? Do you think it was because they hated you? No, it's because they loved you. They don't want you throwing your life away. God doesn't want you to throw your life away. He loves you. You know, there are not very many people that you will let come up to you and stick a finger in your face and say, Hey, this needs to change. But that is real love, amen? And you know what real love does? Real love says, hey, this needs to change, but I'm going to help you by God's grace change those things, amen? Real love doesn't quit and go home. But Jesus didn't quit and go home, amen? We can truly care about each other. And it's simple in the Bible. Because, you know what? We don't have hidden agendas. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? You ever tried to deal with somebody with hidden agendas? You know, you can't do it. You really can't do it. You're always on guard. You know, one of the things we want to have happen in this church, and it has to a great degree, and we want more of it, is to make a refuge where you can come in from the world and be built up in the love of Jesus Christ and go back out into this world serving the Lord. You know, confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6.
Verse 19. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, it's simple to live in this world if your treasure's not here on earth. Amen? It is simple to live in this world if you're not wrapped up in everything this world has to offer. If my treasure's in heaven, guess where my heart's going to be? If my treasure is at Open Door Bible Baptist Church, guess where my heart's going to be? If my treasure is in the lives of other people. It was interesting in the Middle Ages, one of the despotic local rulers there in, in uh, Middle Europe, they thought that the, the, those Christians, those Anabaptists, as they called them then, uh, had all kinds of treasures hidden in their churches. The only problem was they were made up of the poorest of the people. And so they captured this one preacher of this Anabaptist church and, and, uh, and said, I want all the treasures is what that soldier said to him, or we're going to kill you. He says, oh my, you want all the treasures of our church? He said, yes, all of them. He said, well, you're going to need two or three wagons to get all the treasures of our church. And the guy said, I got through. I'm, I'm going to get He ran out to get those wagons, and he said, I'll be back in just a couple of hours with all the treasures of our church. And he went out, and he found the meek and the poor, the other members of that church that believed with him, and he loaded them all up into those wagons. They were the beggars. They were the people who had nothing of this world. But their treasure was laid up in heaven. And he brought those cartloads of these people and said, here's the treasures of our church. He was being honest, was he not? He paid for that with his life, by the way. That wicked man seeking earthly treasures murdered him for trying to show him what real wealth really is. Life can be so simple living for Jesus Christ. If your heart's not all tied up down here on earth. I don't know how somebody lives that has huge investments in Wall Street these days. How, how in the world? You face all of the up and the down and the, and the market and, and the instability that is there. Let's just turn the page. Last verse. Last point. It's so simple to face the future in Jesus Christ. Look at verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. 
Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You got enough problems today. Amen? Oh, me? Let's seek first the kingdom of God. Don't forget the next phrase. And His, His, it doesn't belong to you, by the way. His righteousness, not yours. You know what your righteousness will do? It will just engender pride and it will separate you farther from the Lord. You're supposed to seek His righteousness. Amen? His righteousness. That which belongs only to God. How many of you were here this summer when we did uh, the armor of God in our, our, our Bible school and all of that? Remember the breastplate of righteousness, that which protects your heart? Jesus gives us His righteousness to protect us, not ours. Your righteousness would be very poor protection, would it not? But His righteousness protects from all the desires and all the snares of the enemy. Anytime I get to preach at a college or in a youth group or something, I love to preach on the will of God. And it's not complicated to find God's will for your life. But you have to start today. You have to seek that kingdom. God to rule in your heart and in your life today. You have to seek His righteousness today. Every good decision that I have made has been by getting myself out of the way and seeking for those two things. I didn't find my wife on a, in a dating service. I found her serving the Lord. We, we made a decision that we would just take the children that God's given us. Well, I'll tell you, rich. Oh, yeah, there's lots of problems, but I'll, I'll take the problems any day. I like the way my father-in-law puts it. He said, which one would you send back? <laughs> None of them couldn't give up any of them. You think of the things that God has done right here at Open Door Bible Baptist Church. People have said, Pastor, you got great faith. No, I do not have great faith. I know me. The Lord has drugged me kicking and screaming through the greatest decisions of my life. But there just wasn't no other choice. That's all. You see, when you choose to seek His righteousness in His kingdom, God often does not give you a choice. Amen? He, he makes it simple so you can know where you ought to go. How many of you were here when we decided as a church we voted to buy this building? The decision was real simple. They said either we're going to keep looking for something that is never going to work, that we're going to have to struggle with and spend years and years trying to fix it up and make it work and it'll never be what it ought to be, or we're going to have to step out by faith and just 
trust that God will do it. You know, it was a, I, I think it was a 100% vote. Everybody at the church just said, Pastor, let's go, let's step out by faith. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, you didn't, I don't know if you saw it or not, but I was literally shaking as we made that decision. Uh, it was a fearful thing, but we didn't have any other place to go. And God provided, amen? And He always will. Never have to have a story in the New York Times saying, well, faith didn't work. They'll, they'll, have to, they'll have to figure out something else because when you seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, God takes care of everything. And boy, is that simple. I've had people say, Pastor, uh, Brother Montoro, will you explain to me how you did that? No. <laughs> I can't explain to you because I didn't do it. Oh, now, come on. I mean, you were the pastor and you were leading and you were doing this. and You don't understand at all. That kind of attitude is going to get you into a mess, young man. You've got to stop trying to figure everything out. I'm not that smart. I don't want to be that smart. I want to be simple because I'm afraid. Paul said, you can be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. How many people are going to go to hell? End up spending eternity in hell because they got complicated when it came to salvation. How many people are going to spend a life wandering around trying to figure out what to do with this salvation and it's so hard because they'll never submit to baptism and membership in a local church? How many people are never going to grow up the way God wants them to because they've got to do it all themselves? They can't just allow the Holy Spirit to plug them in and let them grow up naturally in the body of Christ just the way He planned it. The Bible says that those that are going to wrap their heart around the things of this world, they're going to pierce them through with many sorrows. Read First Timothy chapter 6. Just give up. It's so simple. You're making decisions every day that are going to determine who and what you are 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Some would say, I don't have to worry about 40 years from now. I won't be here. Well, you better take careful of the last years you had, that they're spent for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I used to think I had all the time in the world. I'm over halfway through. And I'm still a young man. Amen? I'll be telling you that when I'm 85. And uh, if I ever get that far. But I hope I'm able to preach the same sermon. 40 years from now. It's simple to serve Christ. Paul said, that's my testimony. He says, my conscience. He said, with simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom. I don't know about you, but I, I want my testimony to be that. I, I like the simple things because everybody can understand them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. 
Lord, we just ask that you would help us to be simple. Not to be complicated. Not to worry about all these things that we worry about. Lord, I pray that you would guard us against being corrupted in our simplicity. From our simplicity, actually. Lord, that we would stop trying to figure it all out and just serve Christ. Lord, please. We pray for those that are in our midst today that are unsaved. We ask that you would have freedom to tug at their heart strings through the Holy Spirit to help them understand that their way is not going to get them to heaven that they just need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for those that are burdened down with the cares of this world, that we would come to the simplicity and the easiness that you have, and we would unburden ourselves and our heart from all the things that are in this world. We ask you, to do your work during this time of invitation. In your name we pray. Amen. Now in just a moment, we're going to open the altar for everyone to come forward. But before we do that, I'm going to ask uh, Felix and uh, Warren if he'd come, if they would come. And we'll give them the chance right up here, guys. Just one simple question. Turn around if you would. Warren, are you saved today? Yes. Trusting only in Jesus to take you to heaven? Yes. All right. Felix, are you saved today? Yes, I am. Trusting only in Jesus to take you to heaven? Yes. Okay. Both have said they wanted to be baptized, and upon their uh, baptism, all willing to receive them as members of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church, say amen. Amen. All right, you guys can go get ready. And uh, Brother Teddy there in the back, he'll give you a hand. Now the rest of us, let's just take our hymn books, page number 507. Let's sing a verse of this song. And as we sing this song... Would you ask yourself what God wants to do in your heart and in your life? We're just going to sing the first verse. Then we're going to open the altar for you to come and pray. And if you're not saved here today, what I would challenge you to do is just come forward and get my attention here at the front and we'll have somebody take you to a private place. Open this book called the Bible and show you how simple it is just to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. As we sing, would you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Would you walk with Him within the narrow road? Would you have Him bear your burden, carry all your load? Let Him have His way with thee. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. 
His love can fill your soul and you will see T'was best for him to have his way with thee As the piano continues to play If you need to come and pray, now is the time God's people said, Amen. You may be seated, and if we could take this down. Okay, Warren, come on up. And Warren was actually saved. I guess that's what almost four years ago. Three, four years, yeah, four years. And uh, and he lives way down in Brooklyn, and so it's hard to make it to the services working all night. But uh, we're praising the Lord. He was here today, willing to follow the Lord in baptism. Now, Warren, are you going to be any more saved once you get wet? No. You're not trusting in that water. No, this is symbolic. Amen. Baptism is the living picture of the work of the Holy Spirit at the moment you get saved. The Holy Spirit takes you, puts you into Jesus Christ. You know what the best part is? You never have to come up for air. Amen? You're just in. We just picture that here. The death, going back in, the burial under the water, the resurrection out of the water. The giving up of ourselves and our lives and our wishes and our plans and ourselves getting rid of ourselves and the new life that God gives. It's the most wonderful picture in the world. All right, Warren, step I right in. I would say because I let go of the root in the western. Hmm? The root on the hill in the western. Oh, amen. Praise the Lord. Yep. 
step for yeah, We made the water nice and warm. Okay, just sit right down. You got to keep your knees straight. Yeah, go whole way down. Just sit right down. There you go. Yeah, just there you go. Give me your hand here. Grab a hold. That one just like that. Okay, Warren. Upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in the newness of life. And all God's people said, Amen. All right. Yep. Oh, don't worry about the carpet. We like to get the carpet wet. All right. All right. Let's see. Okay. There you go. Okay. You're all right. And we'll see. That's that's all it is. It's it's just so simple to be baptized. Amen. And uh Felix, come on up here. And uh I hope Warren doesn't mind me sharing this with you, but uh Warren is a completed Jew. He's of Jewish heritage and he has given his faith into the Lord Jesus Christ and we praise the Lord for that we prayed for this guy for a long time and Felix you finally gave up and trusted the Lord nothing else and amen to that you going to be any more saved as you get wet okay I love to ask that question you know so many people when you ask them are you saved they say well I was baptized has nothing to do with your salvation has everything to do with your obedience. Amen? All right, step right on in. Okay, just sit right down. That's it. Very good. Got it. All right. I baptize, Felix, upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Here you go. Okay, need to tell? want you to pray about something. Lord willing, in this year we're going to get a new pulpit that doesn't have to be folded down during the baptisms. But uh, that's going to take a little bit of work. And so pray about that if you would. But one of the things that we do on a regular basis, and, and I just wanted to announce this to you this morning, um, our missions giving has been up uh, very good for the last uh, since our missions conference and we should be able uh, to add uh, let's see at least three and possibly four uh, missionaries to our giving and uh, we'll be talking about that in the next week we won't take your time this morning but uh, we'll get the list out and uh, 
and uh, see if we cannot go ahead and add some of those. Uh, we've had some people designating offerings towards certain missionaries, and, and uh, what we'd like to do is just put all that together and take them on as a church, and uh, it'll be a blessing. Right now we have uh, 33 missionaries and projects we support, and uh, we should be able to add at least three, if not possibly four, to that. And so we praise the Lord for that. And, uh, and uh, we'll keep reminding you, if you did not get your offering envelopes for this year, uh, we have those. Uh, I have those in the office. I uh, would like to, to give you those. And simply, uh, uh, I've been uh, saying a lot about the offering envelopes the last several weeks. And the reason being is uh, I have so many people come up in January. Pastor, can you give me my records for last year? Uh, you didn't have envelopes. I can't give you a record. And, and so if you want that, uh, you need to get uh, those as soon as possible and, and use those envelopes. It's a great w way. One of the things I look forward to every year is getting my record and going over it and, uh, and just seeing what the Lord has done uh, in, in giving. And uh, I'll tell you, if you'll let the Lord do it, he'll, he'll amaze you with what he wants to do. Amen. And uh, it doesn't seem like much, but when you add it up over a year, it can be a tremendous uh, blessing. And, uh, and if you can get the tax deduction, I believe you ought to take it. Amen. Um, don't give the government anything more than you have to. And so, by the way, if you were one that dedicated a poinsettia, uh, please... Uh, Please take those home with you today if you would like to. We would love you to do that. The New Baptist Bread and the Bible reading schedules. Uh, check the, the, uh, the, the bulletin. All of the special meetings are, are in here for the month of January. We've got quite a few things going on. And so I uh, want you to, to do that. January 22nd will be our annual business meeting and, and our dinner. Uh, the I think last year we let Uncle George do the cooking, but uh, maybe maybe we can have a potluck again this year where everybody brings something, and boy, that is just so much fun when we do that. We don't do it near often enough, but uh, that would be January 22nd, and we'd spend just a few hours going over uh, what the Lord has done in our church in the past year and some things, planning some things for the coming year. And uh, all right, if we could have our ushers come at this time, we'll receive this morning's offering. Oh, yeah, Erica, are, can you play for us? Okay, come on up right now. All right. Don't forget to shake Warren and Felix's hand. Let us give as unto the Lord.
He's only been taking lessons for less than a year, and praise the Lord. You know, if you'll use your talents for the Lord, He'll give them to you. Amen? All right. Brother Teddy, would you ask God to bless the offering this morning? Let's stand together. 705, if you need the words. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then where'er you go. Precious name, oh how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. Thank you for being with us this morning. <laughs>